screwed me up for once. It did? Well, not just for once, but it got me for the first time in about 25 years. So that meant this was your OG moment, wasn't it? Yeah. So this is definitely my OG moment because I, I, I have a lot of electronics. Okay. And as we were growing up, we didn't, when you didn't really have much in the way of electronics, you had to manually move everything forward or backward on your watches, clocks, oh, sure. et cetera. Yeah. Setting the times. Uh-huh. Well, I have two clocks. I have several clocks in my place. And one of them is in the kitchen. The other's in my bathroom. Both stayed on the current time that we're on now. So basically, that five months that we were setting the clocks oh, back. so you never got there, did you? They were, okay. <laughs> they were always ahead. Wow. Anyway, so the time overnight and everything catches up and those clocks are fine. And I, it didn't hit me until I went to go make coffee this morning and I look at the thing and I go, that doesn't seem right. And I look at the clock in the kitchen and went, oh man, how do I fix that? And I couldn't figure out how I could, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't change the digital clock on the coffee machine. So, that is a straight up OG moment. You don't have to go any further than that. <laughs> that just sucks to be you. It really, wow. it, it sucked even more because. See a 12 year old walking outside that you could call in and say, hey, help me out with this. I didn't even Google the directions. I was trying to just like push buttons, this, that, the other. I pushed the hour button. Boop. There goes the extra hour. Went, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So you pointed out a second OG moment even before you even. <clears throat> so you walk in and you've got this lovely plaid ensemble working today. Awesome. And thank you. The left uh, chest oh, yeah. shirt, <laughs> the left chest pocket has a button flap over yeah. and we're like, so you saving that clip for later? Yeah. So the, the clip, <laughs> there's like those butterfly clips that you use to, sure. to hold, you know, business cards, paper, pinch clip, sure. Your uh, shirt, whatever. Anyway. So yeah, I happen. Got a large one there. You do. The paper clips. Yes. And so okay. uh, I completely forgot there was a clip on my shirt until, you know, being downstairs and uh, with your wife and all of a sudden she's like, so what's the clip for? Huh? I looked down. Oh, great. Uh, so I yeah, don't know. I, I have no you just idea. left it there. Yeah. Okay. So it, it had to have been um, along my journey a little over a year ago. I think it's the last time I wore this shirt. <laughs> and um, so I, 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 by the way, good indicator, you <clears throat> might have too many clothes. I may or may not. Um, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> and I, because I, I saw the shirt, I go, wow, I haven't worn that shirt in, huh? Okay. Since the, mid, since the mid 2000s. I guess. Okay. And I know that I bought it at uh, at a retailer here in town, a, a, a fine retailer, but probably paid way too much for it. $48. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, um, not mentioning the retailer, even the good business, but I'll tell you off air. And, um, but yeah, anyway, so here so we are. This shirt. Yeah. With the clip on it. Yeah. From some time ago. I, a little over a year ago. Had to have been. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> all right. All I can say to my OG moment is I realize the more and more I work on the computer, the more and more I need the glasses. Oh, man. Just that simple. Oh, no. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I have had stellar vision. I mean, you and I used to, I remember you and I sitting in the Hard Rock Cafe, the pseudo one in Sacramento. Downtown? Yeah. And we would look around the room pointing out different stuff. What does that say? Whose guitar is that? Who's... 
whose sticks are those? Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. And we'd like press each other on how well our eyes are working. But you're much older than me, so I always thought I could outdo that. Okay. So, so fun fact. <laughs> I hate you. Fun fact. Um, I took your daughter when uh, took her down to Sacramento to go see 21 Pilots a few yes. years back. We had dinner there, and it's no longer a hard rock. Now it's a right. barbecue place. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They have incredible food. Oh. Oh, man, okay. they have good it's food. It's a great location right on in, if I remember. No, right uh, 7th and K. K. Okay. In, in, in. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. It's if, real close. If you're it's on... right off the edge of the mall that was that's down there and all that jazz. Yeah. And the bus stop. And the Golden One Center. Yeah, well. Right, I'm, literally I'm... right next door to Golden One. Yeah. Which makes sense because that's where you went to the show. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so for this episode number 63 of the Newman and Payne podcast, we thought we'd bring up classic game shows. Absolutely. And all of you, when I say that, have something that immediately goes into their mind. An opening, a host, a set, a color scheme. It's funny. They all had their very specific color schemes. Like if you were doing prices Right, they're all, it was all in... Oranges and yellows. For the most part, yeah, huh? Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? All in blues. And they they had colors associated with that game. Joker's Wild, Maroons. It was an interesting thing. Huh. Yeah. And that was all part of the theme that went with doing a, a game show. Wow. I never thought about the whole Joker's Wild thing until you just said that. And then as we, we touched on a couple episodes ago uh, with Snoop Dogg re-hosting sure. the latest one and Jeannie Mai was the, the co-host. Um, that was five years ago, I remember. And that had a, that I believe that had a maroon slash burgundy sure. feel they, to it. Because they took the feel from before. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was all part of what they, what they did with it. Yeah. Um, and then there was always the preliminary round, and then there was the finals, right? You always had the main game itself. Mm -hmm. Like the perfect example is match game, okay. right? You went through the three levels or the three games or whatever, and then you had the one-on-one -on -one with the star, and it was your turn to double your money or uh. whatever. And it was always that thing. But Price is Right was multi-multi-level. And that's always, that always blew me away hmm. because you had, okay, you finally got called out of the audience Yes. and you now had to put a bid in on the showcase, some ridiculous amount of money for things. I remember they, because it hit close to home, they brought up a set of golf clubs and I'm like, okay, I know those clubs. They're about $600 retail, $1,800. That is not what those cost, but <laughs> all right. So we'll just keep going with that. And I remember that. It was like it, it hit close to home. But, okay, fine. So then you get up on stage and you're with Bob Barker mm -hmm. and he's got the cool stick mic because that was another thing you had to have as a game show host was that classic stick mic. Bob, at the time, Drew Carey now. Drew Carey now. And what was funny is I had to stop and think about why did they have that little stick mic? So you could see their suit and tie. Otherwise, they could carry a regular full thing, but it would get in the way of the outfit. The stick mic was less in the way. That's an interesting, is, is this like accurate? Is no, this, oh. it, absolutely, but I've produced enough television. Oh, if okay. you ask me why they did that, I'm telling you that had to have been some guy somewhere, Mark Goodson, <laughs> Television Productions, he's the guy that came up with Family Feud and a thousand other games. He had to have been the reason, he had to have said, we're going to give you this apparatus because it's longer 
you'll be able to reach and you won't have to be right in their face, but you'll have a good microception with it. Somewhere along the line, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Bob and or Drew now um, would, would have been mic'd up with what we are using now and those are referred to as lav mics, correct? Lavalier, right. Yeah, so sure. you have those while even though you do have the boom mic, did the boom mic work? The stick mic that you're referring? Yeah. So that was an actual microphone? Because back in the day, it was all wired. Okay. Now, they can put a lavalier or a wireless mic pack on 100 people, and they're on 100 different frequencies, and everybody that gets up on that thing, you have a producer, and he slips that mic on there, and now they've got a pack. Wow. And that would be an easy way to go. But back in the day, it was all wired, because I remember Bob Barker, he would pull his extra mic cable to make sure it followed him. And that was all part of that multi-layering thing was, huh. okay, you put in your bit. Now you got up on stage. Now is your turn to play the game. Now you went, if you won or lost, which mm -hmm. was pretty cool, you went to the big wheel and the person that got closest to a dollar, they went to the final showcase. It was like, it was like four different levels of a game and I'm like, Man, they just keep coming up with stuff. This is, and it wasn't the same game every time. They always had different things. They played the pachinkos and the the little climber guy going up the hill, mm -hmm. and you had to guess the order of the numbers for the twelve thousand dollar VW Bug in nineteen seventy six. Like that was a real thing. Okay, it must have been one stocked bug because I remember seeing that on the stage. Like, really? That's what a Volkswagen Bug costs. Nice. <laughs> like a lot of money for it a Volkswagen. It came with air conditioning. Oh man, I, I hope it was up there. I don't know what was going on there. Like lifetime of tires or something. Foot rubs, whatever. But, yeah. So that wow. was that was the most interesting part of Price is Right with me. And then you had other games that were the exact same thing, but it didn't matter because when the guests changed, mm -hmm. kind of like match game, and Hollywood Squares was a perfect example of that. We're playing the same game. All we're doing is X's and O. We're playing tic tac toe, right? Mm -hmm. But the people were the game. You didn't really care what was, like, who won or who lost the contestants. You barely even saw them. Okay. You saw the people sitting in the squares. And that was what made that game amazing. Was, yeah. Was Chuck Willery did his job not to let that go out of control. Wasn't it Chuck Willery? That was did? he Hollywood Squares? No. Uh, no. You say, we think of Hollywood Squares. I'm thinking Gene Rayburn, but he was, Gene Rayburn was Match, match Game. game. And uh, Dick Clark was $25,000 Pyramid. Um, Bob Barker, obviously, uh, Price is Right. You've got Peter Tarkinen for uh, uh, Presser Luck. Uh, Wink Martindale, no, uh, that was Tic Tac Doe. Um, right. are, uh, did you... Keep uh, going. Uh, I'm, wow. <laughs> you want to just keep How am I naming doing? off people. You're doing really well. But who was, who was the host for Hollywood Squares? It was still... Uh, Chuck Woolery? Chuck Woolery. You you have it looked up right there? You brought it well, up or I, whatever? On the I, thing? I did my research before we did no, this. No, because I see I see Chuck Woolery for the... the he did other stuff, and we'll they be back, all bounced around. We'll be back in two and two. What was that game? Love Connection. No. Um, well, he did... Um, I think he was in the Newlywed game for a Newlywed moment. game, yeah. Yeah, he did that for a moment, but we mostly know that... Bob Eubanks, too. Right, as Bob Eubanks. Um and Bob Eubanks was amazing in that game because they had to ask inappropriate questions <laughs> and yet do it in such a way that the word whoopee mm -hmm. was funny yeah. and not awkward. Yeah. And, 
and I give both the writers and him because he had a little wink in the eye, like, yep. "Hey now, yeah, say this." His timing was—you know what we're going to say—was on point. Steve, uh, Steve Harvey on the most recent uh, Family Feud in the last yeah, however many years right. that he's been doing it. Very much the same thing where Steve does read the question and as he reads, he emphasizes uncertain words. And when right. that happens, like you're trying not to laugh because you want to hear the question and answer first. And it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Like, See now, I liked it when Richard Dawson hosted it because he made fun of the people in front of their face. And you're like, oh my God, did he just say that person? Where he'd be, because you remember, he would go down and meet every person yeah. of the family yeah. from the head of household, generally a guy, always notice that. Yeah. Every so often it was a family of women or whatnot. And then the last one would be like the token kid or like. Or Uncle Uncle Carl. Yeah, yeah, or Cousin It or something. I mean, it was always something at the very end that was interesting. But he would go down the line and he'd kiss hands and he'd say, Oh, that's a striking tie you're wearing. Yes. <laughs> and he'd have his moments and you're like, wow, he just dug right into them, right to their face. And it's funny. Most recently, Jane Lynch does that on The Weakest Link. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. But and you know with Jane Lynch what you're walking into. And if you don't have thick skin <laughs> walking onto that set, yeah. you you got a problem. You're dead in the water. Yeah. She is relentless with stuff and she does so well staying in character. I yeah. think that's part of the reason, a huge part why I love that show, the the comeback of that show so much with, with The Weakest Link. Because I didn't watch the the first time around with the British lady and I should have, but oh. I, I there was something else. There were other shows, shows that happened at that time, but it was like, uh, I see it right there, third from the right on the top. Yeah. The, the, oh, the that lady. The, so that British lady right right there, you are the wickedest link. Goodbye. And yeah. Was very just curt with everybody. And I was like, wow. Came from BBC. Uh, I don't remember her name and it's not coming up very quickly and that's really bad podcasting. That's so uh, odd that it's not right there readily available. Yeah. Annie An Robinson? Ann Robinson. Okay. Yes. Oh, she was the presenter and the... Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway... That doesn't mean anything to most what most people here. Then you had games that were so over people's heads, like name that tune. Like originally, they would go back and forth and they'd say, I get that in two notes. And you're like, doo-doo. And you're like, how the hell does anybody? Well, obviously, those of us that didn't get what was really going on, they knew the answer before they ever played the music, hmm. right? Because that's what's going on there. For the most because part, I, I was told that name that tune has made a comeback. Yeah, it has, but that's what's going on with Name That Tune is they're asking a question, a trivia question about a song or an artist or an album or something along those lines, and the music is tertiary. It was always on a piano. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So, well, like, it had to be. My thought, okay, so my thought on that... have a full orchestra sitting there, so... Was um, how are you able to like pick up uh, Freebird? Say, for instance, if that's a song, and how are you able to pick that up on piano? Right. Doo-doo. It doesn't really work. But the answer is, they knew what the answer was before they ever played the music. Hmm. So when the guy said, I can name that tune in one, so in one note, you're like, dude, how do you know? What's that one note going to be? It's like an E sharp? No. It's because he knows the answer before the music's ever played. Hmm. And he's just smiling the whole time and letting the, the doot happen. That's... that's 
the and it was so over your head because I was a little kid and I'm like, I so don't understand what's going on here. How is this at all possible? There's no way anybody is this. That's and I remember thinking, there's no way anybody gets this. I remember. Okay, so I've had some some people as of uh, most recently, <clears throat> excuse me, most recently bring up the fact that the show has made a comeback, right? Right, it has. And <clears throat> excuse me, so they've all said the same thing. You need to try out for this show, and. I, my friend Tim and I tried out as a team five years ago for uh, Beat Shazam when oh, yeah, that yeah. first made the thing. Right. We had to fill out more paperwork um, than there is to buy a house and a car. The problem was you were in radio at the time and they didn't want just DJ after DJ on there. Caveat, not only did they not want radio people, but the second episode happened to have a, se- have a, have a pair of DJs on the yeah. show. Yeah, that's and too bad. Tim sent me a text right away and he goes, are you watching this? I go, I am never watching the show ever again. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? <clears throat> not still around, is it? I don't know. I, yeah, if a, not, then, it, it, then chalk it up to another one of those Fox shows that's gone after a season and a half. Yeah, it, a season and a half. I think it was like 12 episodes. Give or take. It um, was gone. So I see one on the screen from where I'm sitting. Win, lose, or draw. Pop quiz. Do you remember the two, at least the two that I remember, the two hosts for that show? They were two different times. Win, loser, draw. One was a male, the other was a female. Um, wasn't Peterman? Was uh, Jay Peterman? He may have been later on, but the, the hosts that I remember are Vicki Lawrence and John Davidson. I don't remember wow. Jay Peterson being a host of the show. Uh, Unless he came in after, like, on the last like year or two, the show was around, and they were doing like a uh, guest roulette of whoever is going to play the show or whoever's right. going to play the host. But yeah, those are the those are the two that I remember. Wow, it was produced by Burt Reynolds. There you go. That's fascinating. No wonder he was on there quite a bit. If, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that explains a little bit there. Um, and then they brought it back in 2014. And then Disney did a version of it. Uh, Bert Convy was the host? Bert Convy, I remember him, yes. Okay. Featuring who was Bert Reynolds' wife? Oh, Lonnie Anderson. She was on there. How about that? Right? And Betty White. That's a hell oh, of a team. Oh, man. Wow. Wow, indeed. That's pretty awesome. And then you had others like Tony Danza was on there. That's fantastic. Angela. <laughs> Uh, Vicki Lawrence hosted it. There you go. For a time. Wow. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I like watching you like process some of that stuff too. Yeah. Okay. So That's then, as fast as I can read, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all good. So as I look at the stuff, you know, obviously we see the, right. op- the, the, the obvious ones, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy. So Wheel of Fortune, I loved early on when they had the, look at this showroom. It's filled with fabulous cash and prizes, <laughs> right? And they'd spin around, or, and each puzzle was associated with a very specific quadrant of a carousel of amazing stuff. And we talked about when we did the video game thing that a kid on there won a Robotron because when they have kids on there, they would do just kid stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, that is amazing. They found every cool thing in the world and you would go through and you shopped yeah. with the amount of money that you had just won in that puzzle. And I always thought that was so awesome. And it took so much time. <laughs> they, 
they took away from what the game was. I get it. But it was, as a kid, I always thought that was a lot of fun. Okay, you have another $1,200 left. What else? Oh, you know, Pat, I'd like that patio set. How much is that? Oh, that patio set's $800. You're down to $400. Um, how about that ceramic dog? How much is that? Oh, that's six fifty. You're gonna have to find something else. <laughs> my right? favorite, and, and you had their head up in the corner in this wonderful little cutout. So one of my favorite <laughs> favorite parts of that segment was when oh, they when the cameraman had to stay with them as they're looking, like they had to stay up with their eyes looking around the room. When they're right. going and looking through and shopping, if as you just said, um, another thing that I loved was when they couldn't figure out like, well, I'll just settle on a gift card. And oh. you, you get a gift certificate to whatever the random store is that they had to where you can buy a pinball right. machine or whatever. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, let's finish up with a gift card so for that last weird. $650 worth. Okay. Um, and oh, by the way, long before anything but like a catalog was mailed to you and you called them up and said, this is what I'd like out of the catalog. is. All that was going on then, so, so that must have been inconvenient. Because of copyright and uh, trademark and all that, um, remind me to show you the Family Guy segment, because Family Guy actually did a spin on that awesome. shopping moment after he won, after Peter won uh, episode of, <laughs> on Family Guy episode of Wheel of Fortune. So there are other shows that uh, matured interestingly. Like if you watch the very, very, very first season of American Gladiators, they're playing with everything Nerf. It's pretty awesome. They have the cheesiest outfits for the Gladiators, mm -hmm. and the the contestants are basically wearing Adidas sweats. And then by the time it's done, everybody is in like the most amazing flashy stuff. And Nerf stuff has kind of turned into real bullets. Like you could really get hurt. <laughs> Because wow. everything got raised up a little bit higher and they hit you a little bit harder and those nuts seemed to disappear that were below. <laughs> oh. Everything got like way more dangerous by the end of American Gladiators. So, but early on, it was amazingly cheesy and kind of awesome for that reason. Because it's like, okay, can you survive the Nerf gun being hit thrown <laughs> as you ran across this like set? And oh, by the way, this massive human is going to try and tackle you at the same time. One of uh, I think there's a game on Ellen on uh, the recent Ellen game oh, of right. games, right? And I forget the name of it, but the contestants are um, tethered together by a bungee, <laughs> and there's four uh, like barrels that have a ball on top, and they start in the middle, and they're supposed to run to the ball, but the bungee clearly is only X amount of feet. Sure, and you have to outpower the other, your, your opponent, to get to the ball to put it in the, 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 the basket in the middle. Okay. I swear that's a take from one of the... Uh, American Gladiator games? Yeah. Well, they had version. See, I remember a lot of things where you did the um, pugil sticks, where you were, you basically were fencing with large um, foam or... Like or a joust? Nerf. Yeah, but you're both on a post. And you had to knock the other person off the post. You had to hit them long. Or you had uh, to stay up there long enough being whacked by this superhuman on the other, one of the gladiators, mm -hmm. who was just taking absolute full aim at you. you. If you could survive the two minutes or whatever it was, then, hey, you got to move on to the next round. There's also a version of, uh, of a similar version of that game 
on a on an NBC game show uh, recently in the last few years, but that they had to put on hold, kind of like the uh, the the rocks. Um, game oh, right. because of the all the COVID stuff. They couldn't have all the oh, people right. in, in yeah. the thing. Yeah, you could no longer actually have contestants. Right. I was thinking it also reminded me of... Um, the we Titan S- games. That was the Rocks thing. Right. Uh, Wii Sports did the same thing. Really? Yeah. You remember playing Wii? And you did the same thing. You, you did the Wii fencing or Wii jousting, whatever that was called, the little Wii Sports. Okay. Yeah. And you're up on this little thing. And if you hit your the other person hard enough, you'd knock them off the post. I remember yeah. we bowling. That was fun. Yeah, we did. Lots of <laughs> <people>. <laughs> um, the gong show. So before and later on with Chuck Barris early on and then Jimmy Kimmel later right. on, um, the gong show, I don't know if you watched the, the recent ones. No, I haven't watched the recent oh ones. I God. remember watching the original and you waited, waited. The whole thing was to see if the unknown comic would show up. Yes. That was the whole thing. The dude with the bag over his head. <laughs> and it's like, come on. After, like, as a grown-up, you stop and think, well, that's not going to just happen. Right. That's a complete setup. But, oh, my God, that guy was amazing. <laughs> the unknown unknown comic, he was definitely the, uh, the one who, I think, set the tone for the whole show. Oh, yeah. He was the comic relief, and you just hoped that in your episode he would show up. But then you'd have like Tiny Tim that would show up mm-hmm. and he would play the ukulele and it was kind of creepy. But you appreciate it for just a moment and then you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. It's kind of painful. And I think that's the way the star guests. And it was kind of the same thing where they would get these A minus B stars to come and do these shows. Mm-hmm. And it was across the board. Sometimes they weren't even B, but and it depended on which show as to which level of people. I think that's how you got Burt Reynolds to do Win, Lose, or Draw, was he was an A-list star and got his his buddies to come along with him. Can you refresh my memory on Card Sharks? Because I see uh, concentration on the screen next to Name That Tune and Match Game. Right. Uh, newlywed Game on there too, but I see concentration, and that made me think of Card Sharks. I mean, I, for whatever reason, I don't know, but... So Card Sharks... If I remember, it was very simple. It was like playing AC-DUCY. Like high-low? Yeah. You're just, we're going to flip a card, and you're going to tell me if the next card's going to be higher or lower than that card. And the goal is to get all the way through the five sets of cards, and you'd win your hand. But if you didn't, then it went, and they'd move down to the red deck, and that person tried to get through and you hope to start with an ace <laughs> and get a king and then get a two and then get a queen and then and that was and of course you had the pretty lady that she was mm-hmm. the one in charge of flipping the cards. Okay. That was card sharks. It was the game you got onto when you weren't smart enough to get on all the other games. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. On. I don't know. Think about that's what's going on there. <laughs> I don't there's, know. there's there's a whole lot of stuff. Okay, the one that, that came up in all of this was remote control. <gasps> yes. The MTV, and I didn't realize it literally only lasted a year. So, fun fact, there are some lines that Colin Quinn and Ken Ober said on that show that I still use to this day. <laughs> so, for instance, one of the lines when uh, they were, th- uh, Ken Ober said something about Dolph Lundgren, and when he said it, Colin, Colin Quinn goes, 
Well, that's a fun name to say on long train rides. <laughs> you do. You and I do. I still say that. So, I mean, like, there are certain things. Adam Sandler, as I see in the bottom left corner, he right. was on the show Kari Wurr, who was also on the show, was in the movie Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Um, that was an Andrew Dice Clay movie. But, yeah, wow. Remote Control was only a year? Only last... Oh, from 87 to 90. Okay. So, but still, that show was so much fun. Yeah, that show was totally fun. And it was, it, I mean, Ken Ober did a great job. Uh, Colin Quinn, that was the first time we really ever saw Colin Quinn. Yeah. Um, and then and, you also got to see him on the, the like, the, they used to have, um, was it the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour? And they would do, like, little comedy skits of different comedians coming up. Drew Carey, uh, right. Andrew Dice Clay. All these people at the time, Colin Quinn, Quinn was one of those comedians. And I remember oh, right. seeing, like, a little couple of clips of his stand-up. And then all of a sudden, boom, here he is on the show. Right. And his voice was so... Unmistakable. Yeah. Incredibly unmistakable. But the... Um, the straight man, the voice guy... On that show, the the announcer, mm -hmm. if you will, the Johnny Gilbert, uh, was a guy who still does broadcasting. Really? Um, You're looking for it. I'm watching. Yeah, like, I'm no. looking over there too. And what names do you see? No, it's it's Col it's Ken Ober and Colin Quinn. Right. I must be thinking of something else because I was thinking of. Um, he does football games for ESPN. He's he's big time. He's like their main college guy, and I can't remember who. Not Kid Jackson. No, no, no. Brad uh, Nestler. Yeah, Brad Nestler came from a game show as the voice guy in the game show. In the game show circuit, really? Yeah, he was a voice. He was the the Johnny Gilbert. Wow. Um, I need to know this now. Brad Nestler, game show host? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> well, they have him as American sportscaster. Let's see if we have a... I always wonder if Brad Nestler, Brad, uh, Brad Nestler does not like the Texas Longhorns because anytime he has to call a Longhorns game, it, he never says anything positive about the program. <laughs> <laughs> He's yet to say anything positive about him. Like, Brad Nestler hates the Texas Longhorns. That's uh, what it comes down to. Georgia Tech. Return to CBS, college football. That's what I see from here. Preseason games from uh, for Jefferson Pilot. Maybe I have him mixed up with somebody else because I absolutely thought that he was because um, he did a year of Monday Night Football. Um, that should be one of our next topics. Sports, Night, sports announcers that we absolutely have, like have loved and oh. and or like had driven us up a wall over oh. over time. <laughs> Dennis Leary. Uh, Dennis Leary is amazing. Dinsler is amazing, but I don't think that I would put Dennis Leary in oh, the sportscaster world. You're thinking uh, Dennis Miller. I don't remember no. Dennis Leary being on TV. Unless or Dennis Miller, rather, doing Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. Or Tony Kornheiser doing Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Brilliant, but not the place. And then if you got to be a real, this is super old G moment, but we were on uh, Prime the other night, watch, just kind of flipping through different things, and they had outtakes. They have this hour and 17 minute long outtake thing and one of the, and it's from all over the place. I mean, it's uh, classic game shows. It's all this crazy stuff. Okay. And it is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to repeat some of the stuff because I would lose sponsors left and right of some of the things that were said in this stuff. Okay. But it's 
Groucho Marx hosting You Bet Your Life. Now, okay. if you've never seen Groucho Marx and you just think he's a mythical person, he is brilliant. And when he got older and he was no longer a comedy guy, he was still beloved. And he was another one of these people that could say anything to your face and you thought it was funny because it's Groucho Marx. Okay. And these outtakes are him absolutely pounding somebody because he'd say, so how'd you meet your wife? Well, I went to a park. No, that's not what I asked you. The question was, how'd you, well, I went to a park. We went over that part and that part doesn't matter. And that's what these outtakes were is him just hammering people because they're so nervous. Kind of like when people are on with Ellen and doing the game of games. Thing. Oh yeah. That's the one thing I noticed is I, I'd love to put a heart monitor on these people. It's got to be like 180. <laughs> they're just out of their mind because they're so not used to that situation. Yeah. The lights, the cameras, the makeup, there's the star, there's all of these things. And oh, by the way, now you have to answer something that you may or may not know, and that may look bad. And you might wind up on TV for only 20, 30 seconds, tops. Right, instead of 15 minutes making a million dollars. So you're, you're just, you're out of your mind. Well. This goes all the way back to the 50s when you bet or when uh, you bet your life and Groucho Marx would have these people who just would show up out of nowhere and he'd say, so how'd you meet your wife? I went to a park. No, no, I'm telling you, I don't care about the park. How did you meet? And these people couldn't handle it. Oh, man. Oh, it's fantastic. I need to see this then. Yeah. I, I just brought up the Amazon Prime uh, Prime video on my app on the phone. So you got to tell me which one it is so I can bookmark it. Oh yeah, it's, oh my God. Roscoe Pico from um, Dukes of Hazard. you know, the Oh, Roscoe cop. P. Coltrane. Yes, he would just go into a swearing fit for screwing up his lines with that guy with a bullhorn in front of him. Wow. That kind of thing. That was the outtakes that were going on if you haven't seen this already. So along the lines of- Funny, but sometimes rather painful. Like the Bill O'Reilly meltdown when he did a current affair? Well, no, I mean, he's just being silly because it's an outtake. And they literally talked about before this thing started, this is inappropriate. You're going to hear things that are not, um, <laughs> are not appropriate for modern thing. I mean, really stuff that racially inappropriate oh, comments in there from stars at Don Rickles and all these guys back through the day. And it was like laughing outtakes and uh, happy days outtakes. Okay. Weird stuff like that. Yeah, I need to, I need to check this out. Anyway. Also looking at remote control, going back to that real quick on right. the screen. Um, and, and Adam Sandler, as I you know touched on a moment ago, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was his springboard to get a Saturday Night Live audition. Okay. Because he wasn't on SNL until like 91, 92. And he got on SNL like at 19, didn't he? Uh, 19, 20, give or take, I, I think. I mean, he was a kid kid. He wasn't... Absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, he wasn't even allowed to drink at that point. But he got on there because of his amazing musical ability, if hmm. I remember right. Okay. That was his gift. Interesting. Was... And that's when they would have him do the opera skits on SNL and all that sort of uh, stuff. Those are fun pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, so good stuff. Um, there's other things where other parts of game shows that always kind of blew me away was the large crowds of people. Like, how did how they get these large crowds of people? Let's make a deal. And again, going back to the Price is Right. Like, okay, 
not only did they show up, but they showed up in outfits. And it wasn't just outfits. It's like matching outfits, like six people. That was the, the two grown-up chickens, and then you had the baby chicks along yeah. with them and all that stuff. Like, well, that it, was incredible I, stuff. I think because the studio audience and, and having watched the newer version of that in the last few years, um, they, they only the CBS audience only allows, or the studio or whatever, only allows so much room for so many costumes of course. and so many people. So like, I think you had to show Did up. they have a, larger seats so that the costumes fit? No, oh. but it, you had to show up at a certain time. And if you like were within the first, I'm guessing, 85 people or so okay. in line, you're guaranteed a spot to get in. You're not guaranteed to have your name drawn, clearly. But, right. you know, if like all of a sudden, you know, like, ah, oh, where's, uh, where's Sharon? Sharon, all of a sudden the camera pans around and there's the woman freaking out, you know, dressed right. as a convict or whatever. And right. she comes running up and freaking out and losing her mind. So that also reminded me of, excuse me, one of the bloopers from Price is Right back in the day when Bob Barker was hosting and a woman who was wearing a tube top or oh. a halter top was Classic, called yes. and she goes running down. <laughs> yep. Whoop. And all of a sudden yeah. the girls fell out and was like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That is... That's a classic TV moment. Um, I do know that, and, and most people know, that most of these shows are done. Uh, they'll do a week's worth in a day, mm -hmm. and they'll only work that week. Yes. And that was the big deal, is you're doing literally, um, you're working a month uh, or a week a month mm -hmm. is, is the whole thing. And they had a person whose sole job was to make sure that Alex Trebek's hair was a little bit different for every taping. Interesting. So it did not look like every single episode. God rest, uh, God rest Alex Trebek's soul. Yeah, yeah. That guy, he was, he was solid from the first to the last episode. Absolutely. I mean, with or without the mustache, Alex Trebek was was solid. And yeah, he screwed up on occasion. Yep. That's the way it worked. But it was. Uh, he's reading a lot of words, mm -hmm. and that happens when you read. A lot of words. And Absolutely, he was amazing with how well he handled some pretty tough enunciations. Well, um, uh, gosh, mm, like smells like bacon. Uh, you, your wife is making some incredible bacon right now, and, yeah. and it's kind of distracting me, as as you also <laughs> noted yourself. But what are what were some of your a couple of your favorite game shows watching? You know, whether it was early on or later, in, or even now. Uh, I'm not a, right now. I like that. Um, Alec Baldwin does the match game. Okay. When it happens, it's like it kind of comes and goes. They'll do it for like summers, it seems like. It. They'll do a six-week run of it, mm -hmm. and you'll see it. And it, it's on at 10 o'clock at night, and it's as close to something you can't air on broadcast as you're <laughs> ever going to find. Um, and then I'll, I'll catch Jeopardy on occasion. The uh, Millionaire, I watched when it was the first go-round with Regis yes. in 2000, and then after that, and then as far as just straight-up reality goes, I still watch Survivor. You do, and I commend yeah. you for that. You Not I only do you watch, watch Survivor. Survivor, but you also still watch The Amazing Race too, right? When that's on, well, Amazing Race is fun because they've been to a lot of places I've been to, or I've been to a lot of places they've been to, Okay. and I always think that's really cool. Like, we went to this place in Spain right after The Amazing Race had been there, or right before or something, and I remember seeing it on the show. I'm like, oh, no way. We were just at that same uh, really cool cathedral in uh, in Seville. So I guess you could consider those game shows. And those are probably the extent of it 
as far as the the current ones. Mm -hmm. You say you watch The Weakest Link. The Weakest Link is is probably my favorite one on the TV right now, um, right alongside Ellen's Game of Games. Okay. I just I, I I'm such a big fan of physical comedy. Okay. So when when you know like people are having uh, whatever water balloon full of whatever it explode like in their face and flying in their direction and seeing people who they got, you know, dressed to the nines to be at a game show and all of a sudden they're on the screen and all their clothes. I have to wonder if, if there's like a, a stock of whatever in the background that <laughs> replaces their clothes or are they handed like, hey, here's a $100 gift certificate at the end of the show. Go right. buy yourself some new threads, whatever. But I sure. when I see people's outfits get ruined, I'm like I just have to laugh going in my head. Like I wouldn't care personally. The only <laughs> The only thing that would bum me out is if I got stuff in my beard that I couldn't wash out right away, or um, like if it was a color that ruined a shirt. Like it turned your beard blue or, for a while? Or if I was That'd wearing a, a shirt that yeah, I was really stoked on, and all of a sudden it was ruined, and I could never have that shirt ever again. And if you were not smart enough to wear that to that particular taping, mm -hmm. that's on you. Very much so. Like, don't wear something that you really like when you know physical comedy is approaching, it's, right? There's that. Um, also, there's another one that I was trying to think of. Uh, don't work. Don't wear a silk shirt to a guar shirt. No. show either. I mean, unless you Just don't saying. care about said said silk shirt to right. said guar show. But the point show. is, uh, you know it's coming. So be smarter than that. I was also trying to um, remember there was a show on NBC, and I'm, I'm I'm not placing it right now, but it was another one of those, or maybe it was on. Uh, oh, it was on ABC. Um, the, that you're gonna go Howie Mandel. No, no. Uh, it was the show on ABC uh, like a couple years ago, and it was like people were were running and they were taken out by like giant water balloons, or it was like a summertime show. Wipeout. Yes. Still on. That show is amazing. Still on. They killed somebody on a taping. Not uh, a amazing. Of weeks ago. Yeah, not killed somebody. Just somebody landed weird and yeah died while taping Wipeout. With, wow. With uh, John Anderson from ESPN. Yeah. And. What's his face from that hosted Soup? Uh, oh, e. uh, John's John something. Um, yeah, with the little white dot on. Yes, I can see his, see yeah, his face. Yeah, the two Johns would host Wipeout. John Hens Hugh John Henson something like John that. John Henson. Yeah, yeah. The two of them hosted that. That's what you're talking about. Yes. was Wipeout. Yeah, that was you want physical comedy mm -hmm. <laughs> because they would run through the people that would go one two gone next one. One, two, gone. And they would just have a montage of people failing three seconds into taping. I swear to you, I like that show in Ellen's Game of Games, I don't think I've laughed as hard as I had watching any other show than what than I do watching those. That's funny because when our kids were like eight and six, they watched those a lot. They loved those. Fine. <laughs> I'll take it. Speaking of uh, Howie Mandel and Deal and No Deal, that's where we first saw Meghan Markle. Correct. She was a Deal or No Deal uh, case girl. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are others. Howie Mandel is one of those germaphobe dudes. Yeah, super germaphobe. You feel bad for him because if like things weren't bad before now, <laughs> oh boy, I can only imagine where that guy is existing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was a big deal, and they played it right around the Olympics. That was a big thing. I also remember um, Howie was a. Was he another host or a host for another show um, that I'm drawing a blank on? I, I can't remember that. I know that The Wall, it's, to kind of like keep NBC, the NBC tie real quick, The Wall is the one with Chris Hardwick, who is uh, the host of Talking sorry. Dead. 
Isn't that also just a great big pachinko ball? More or less. Okay. It's a, it's a game, if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, created by LeBron James. Oh, all right. And it, it, it like the game has changed a lot of people's lives. In fact, I would like if you and I were on that show, we would really have to do some serious channeling and like make sure that you and I are on the same page when it comes to answering questions. Because what they would do is there's one point in the show where either you or me goes into this secret room and we're in this soundproof room, similar to that booth that you had at the, the sure, office the you worked at like 10 years ago. Right. And okay. You're in this soundproof room. You can't hear anything. You don't see anything of, until all of a sudden like a question appears on the screen and you're on the camera and you're reading the question and you get to see the answers and you try to like whittle it down and this and that and you got to make sure that you are on point because... Well, it's real simple. I give you the pop and our pop culture and music questions <laughs> and I get the geography and history questions. But, and we're not going to... Neither of the two shall meet. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. That stuff is out of our hands. Yeah, I know. That's the downside. <laughs> like, there's a lot of chasm in between those two categories. Oh, boy. All right. So there you have it. That's our take on um, game shows. Yeah. Lots of fun. Lots of them out there. So Some much. do better than others. Yeah, most definitely. There's, there's lots out there that we didn't talk about. There's the food versions and so on and so forth. I still watch food. I guess that's a game show that I still watch, Chopped. I haven't seen Chopped. Well, I haven't had cable in four years. Yeah. Um, but I watch Chopped each Tuesday night. Okay. I like Ted, and he has his, his panel of judges, and I would like to guess, okay, this is what I would do poorly with that food. <laughs> All right. Speaking of that, I smell food. It's about dinner time. So uh, let's go eat. We'll uh, have another one next week. Until then, do well. Mm -hmm.